What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Building Code. I am your one of your co-hosts, Charlie Bertwistle. My other co-host, Zach Watovich, is not here today. So what did we do? We went and got the most important, famous, <laughs> uh, smart person that we could find to fill into him. Kind of, we're kind of doing like an opposite thing of what Zach is. We try to find the opposite of him, which is Courtney Return. Welcome to the Building Code. Thanks for having me. I want to know now, like, what are the what are the opposites? Is it like? Well, I said smart, driven, funny oh, for you. So whatever the opposites of those are would be. You're really going to hear it from Zach back when he comes back. Yeah, no, <laughs> just kidding. Obviously, I miss my BT bestie a ton. But for those of you who don't know, Courtney is who originally recruited Zach and I to be on the Building Code. So this uh, has kind of come full circle having you co-host with me. Very yeah. cool experience for me. Yeah, it's really weird to be on this side of the podcast. My team is the one responsible for, you know, booking the guests, writing the questions, uh, you know, editing it. We got John back there, I think has been on the podcast a couple of times, yeah. edits the podcast, does the videos, uh, got a shout out to Chelsea, writes the questions, Nicole, who we hear from, who makes sure everything goes smoothly. Who else should I shout out? I'm, now I'm, that I got into this, I'm, yeah, I really can't miss anyone. Sean Robinson, our, our content manager who comes up with topics, um, who am I missing? Because I'm really going to hear from them. If I don't know. I mean, we could just kind of like <laughs> click through the list right We're here. We're just going to, yeah, just spend time. But we yeah, got Chelsea, thank you. Courtney, Danielle, Haley, John, Lizzie, Nicole, Sean, Zach. Yeah. That's so everyone in the middle. Those group are all chat. the people who are responsible for, for bringing this podcast to you every week. And we're really excited that we're back to every week episodes yes. too, so that we can bring our listeners, I think it's like 10,000 strong or more every month, uh, really interesting topics about the construction industry, some inspiration, uh, learning from other people's mistakes, yes. things about the economy, yes. what's going on with it, trends. Yes, Courtney, snaps all, of the all around. Things. Uh, so we hope you're enjoying it and uh, I'm glad to be on this side. Although, you know, props to you and Zach because this isn't as easy as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Courtney, you're kind of on a roll, so I'm going to let you keep going with this. Oh, Who gosh. do we have on uh, the episode today? <laughs> yeah, today we're joined by Tom Waller. He's owner of Tom Waller Signature Homes in Kentucky. I had the pleasure of meeting Tom. Nicole and I did uh, at Builder Trend University. So he's been using Builder Trend for about five years. He's been in the industry about 20, and we just loved his energy at Builder Trend University. And if for those of you who don't know, Builder Trend University is on-site training that we have here at the HQ. We have different classes you can take everything from beginners to super users, financials, and just like almost every other month our building is full of 70 customers from all over the country. It's the best part of our job to get to talk to them and meet them and hear their stories and we thought Tom would have a lot to offer our listeners so we invited him on the podcast. Absolutely. For those of you listening, if you think that Courtney sounds like an absolute pro, it's because she is. Here's a little trade secret for you. This is actually her second episode that she's it's, recorded. It's true. Uh, we recorded one right before this, but then we found out that it <laughs> releases four weeks after this one. So if you like Courtney and want to hear her again, tune in uh, four weeks from now yeah. for another episode. But enough about me, enough about Courtney, the man of the hour, Tom Waller. Let's go ahead and get him in here. Hey, Tom, welcome to The Building Code. First time on here. Very, very excited to talk to you. I, I've been hearing a lot about you from your recent uh, experience at Builder Trend University. So excited to get the chance to meet you. Uh, but for people that have not met you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, you all already introduced myself. My name's Tom Waller. I'm actually a custom home builder here in Louisville, Kentucky. I've uh, been in the business now for about 19, 20 years. Uh, kind of interesting start. 
uh, actually at the age of 19, started working at Ford Motor Company. And then that lasted for about two years. And then I got laid off and I started working for a framer. Uh, loved, loved framing the houses, did that with them for a couple of years and Ford called me back. And then I knew I was going to be young when I retired. So that's how this company all kind of got started. Wow. I, okay. And a very interesting start. So tell us a little bit more about, uh, Tom Waller signature homes then. Well, Tom Waller signature homes really started basically when I built my own personal house, I built okay. my own personal house back in 1998. Uh, so me and two other guys, we framed up a 6,000 square foot ranch walkout. Wow. Uh, so when I did it, I, it was a learning process with me. I already knew the framing part of it, but I did not know all the other aspects of it as we moved forward in the process. So really interesting. So throughout that whole phase, it probably took me about nine, 10 months to build my home. And then the more I did it, the more I loved it. And so that's kind of how this company actually started by the roots and started building up. Um, and then what ended up happening, uh, you know, like most people do, we actually started a spec house, uh, sold that, and it just kept on multiplying like that. So kind of exciting how it all started because realistically at the very first, it all started when I was, you know, 21, 22 years old, uh, slinging a hammer to now been in the business for almost 20 years. So that's kind of how it all started. I love it. Is there, uh, I'm curious, building your own home, especially the first home that you built, was it, uh, did you, I would be, so I, the only reason I'm bringing this up is I've like, when I was in high school, I painted my own room. I thought that was like, okay. cool. And then every time when I laid down in bed, I looked up in the very top corner where I'd like not got the second coat over a spot. And that's all I could fixate on in my room was like the mistakes I made. Was that similar? Like when you lived in your own house, you're like, oh, I wish I would have done this different or I wish I would have done that. Oh. Or you like <laughs> nailed it first try. Most definitely. Uh, the funny thing is, you know, when I built my house, you know, everything, well, we were on a budget. And so uh, the first institution I went to financial wise since at the time I was not, a, you know, what they call a registered builder here in the local area, mm -hmm. uh, they were not going to give me the construction loan. And right. so I went to our local bank here in Oakland County, uh, walked in with a set of plans, a uh, piece of property was already paid for. And within three or four hours, they said, hey, you got the construction loan, good luck. And so that was kind of one of the biggest hurdles I faced when I got into the industry, to be honest with you, it was all getting the financial part in place. Um, but then, you know, when I built my house on the kitchen area, you know, uh, if you can imagine back then, you know, we did bike uh, tops in the kitchen. We didn't do certain things that I do now in a custom home. So believe it or not, three to four years ago, we, well, I shouldn't say we, my lovely wife, Terry, encouraged me <laughs> to gut the whole kitchen. And we gutted the whole kitchen and redid the whole thing with quartz tops and, you know, just the updated version of what I do now. So, you know, the funny thing is when you build your own house, you always have second guesses. But right. 
I learned when I built my own house was to make the building company even work. I had to get the, the core people or what I call, I do a team concept. So I had to get the core group of people in place. And once I did that, I knew that I had a big hurdle already done in regards to the financing. And then I just had to do the hurdle with the subcontractors and suppliers. I met another builder recently who got their start uh, with their company by building their own house. That's Megan Billings, who was mm. just on the podcast. She got involved in building her house and now she builds custom homes in Idaho. What it, what was it that, you know, made this like personal project spiral into a full-fledged business? Like what, what was it that made you come back? <laughs> well, are you talking about why I built my, built my personal house? Well, just after okay. that, that you're like, this was so fun that <laughs> <laughs> even frustrated, like what, what were the, like, I guess the dopamine hits for you? Like, what was it that you're like, I have to keep doing this for other people now. Like I did my own house and I loved this so much. I think honestly it was the creativity part. Mm. I mean, I love to take a piece of raw ground and then create what was on the piece of paper and then to take and finally see that come out of the ground and then absolutely see the finished product. And to this day, you know, you know, I'm, I'm over 65 years old. So it's people ask me all the time, do you ever get burnt out? And my question to them is, okay, if I get burnt out, then I'm not the right person for you because you've got to have the passion for this business. Um, and you got to have, it's almost like an actor who performs in a movie or on the play. You know, you still got to have the, you know, when you go and see something, you got to be excited about it. And I think, you know, the people that I have met throughout my career that's been really successful is those types of personalities, I feel. Yeah, and I know uh, one of the things that you had mentioned is that uh, you really focus on kind of streamlining and, and taking the stress out of the home building experience. Uh, can you kind of talk about how that process works and, and maybe some things that you focus on uh, to ensure that, you know, you can work as, as best as possible? Well, and I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm talking to you all right now, but this is, this is how I feel about Builder Trend. You, you all, and I have told uh, last year, I was actually the president of the Home Builders Association here in Louisville. And and I've, I've probably gotten about five or six of our local builders involved with you all now. But what makes it so good is in the streamlined process is the way the program, if you utilize the program to its full potential, then that's where you're going to get the most out of the program. And when I say that, it's just multiple facets. you got your scheduling, you've got your change orders, which is huge. Um, you've got your contracts that you always have a backup, which we have to use our local contract here, but I do uh, I do actually two contracts because you all have a very good one in your all system. So when it comes to any type of process that I use, you all are a very key part of that. And uh, you all should be very proud of the program that your all's company has actually put together. It's, it's you know, I even tell people um, that you know, through the years that I've used Builder Trend, um, what really changed my focus on your all's company is when I actually went to the university. Yeah. I and mean, it, Tom, how long had you used Builder Trend before you came to BTU? 
Uh, I would say this is a rough guess, probably five years, maybe six. So what was it that made you think like now's the time for me to, to get to Omaha and, and learn more? I always think it's interesting when people have been using Builderton for a while and they get like a newfound interest in learning more. Well, I felt I start. I was starting to get stale with it. Um, and I always felt the program, I was still not as, as well as I was trying to use it. I still was not, I wasn't getting a full grasp of it. And, and that's why I really said, well, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to spend the time up there and I'm going to, you know, see what I am missing in this whole big puzzle <laughs> that you all have created because and you probably have seen this multiple times through multiple podcasts that it is a big puzzle and you've got to put the pieces together. Um, Cause you know, the program itself, you know, you can utilize maybe two parts of it, but that's not really what the whole program's about. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, a common misconception is that builder trend is hard, but I think it's more so, developing a process is really hard and using a software like builder trend forces you to develop the process so it's kind of like a don't kill the messenger type thing but it's like hey you have to you know record you have to document you have to upload receipts you have to like these are things that you should be doing as a business they just so happen to be the things that you have to do to use builder trend as well too very true and one of the big hurdles i had with, with the program at the very beginning was getting all the cost codes in, in place you know, and I think that's probably one of the hurdles that you probably hear a lot of on the sales side also that love the program, but man, getting all these cost codes in place, you know, it, it sometimes can be, you know, overwhelming. I will say that. But once you get it all in place, then the time you spent doing that you're going to recoup that time because the process is going to be so much easier on the next one and the next one and the next one. So, you know, that's why I tell people who start using a program, you've got to be patient with it. Right. And don't you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, that's kind of the biggest thing that we try to say, like on the customer success floor who, you know, those guys and girls work with literally thousands of clients. It's like, trust me, this will work. I have seen it. Um, you yeah. just kind of got to stay the course. It's like what, a gym membership. You can't just buy a gym membership and then you get fit. Right. Like, <laughs> that's how it worked. Like that's a great analogy. Yeah. yeah. We need to start yeah, using that. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's perfect because that's what, you know, that's kind of what, you know, you can go to the gym, you know, maybe once a week, but you're not going to get the, you know, you've got to, you got to keep working, be consistent. With it working with it. So that, that was awesome. Yeah. You know. One of the uh, one of our favorite questions that we always like to ask uh, our guests that do use Builder Trend R is what was kind of the initial pain point that you had that made you start looking for a project management software, or or what problem were you trying to solve when you originally purchased Builder Trend? Well, you know, I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm a very small builder in regards to some of the builders that might be using the program, but my main thing was, you know, I'm a one man show. And so I wanted to make sure that the program that I was going to implement to the company is going to satisfy my needs. And again, change orders, scheduling, 
communications between the client and me, selections, you know, the whole program itself is almost like I'd say, and I and I kind of tease sometimes with myself, Builder Trend is almost like my superintendent, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how I look at it because, you know, it, it does things for me that sometimes, you know, with me being a one-man operation, that it makes it so much easier for me to do the task at hand per day that I have to do. Right. Yeah. And five years later at BTU, what was what was the new aha moment? Well, I've always said, and I've said this since I've came back, because uh, I still sit on the executive committee there at the uh, BIA. Uh, it it was all about the energy there. I mean, it, the uh, and I tease. I was actually teasing with Nicole and everybody, and said, "Hey, if you're ever looking for an old man to come in, just." <laughs> you know, pour the beer for you all. But that wasn't, that wasn't the part that, that, I mean, I'm just saying though, I was so impressed with the energy. I mean, that, that to me, and I saw that, you know, everybody that I came in contact with, you know, they had a passion and the desire to work for Builder Trend, you know, and, and to me, that's what makes a company great. Um, is the core group of people that's actually in place that's going to, you know, pitch the product. Um, in regards to the classes, uh, I've just picked up tidbits of it. Um, most of it, you know, I didn't already know, but there were some items that I didn't know. Like, for example, like on a PO, uh, if I start a job, I could actually create this saying, okay, this is a lot lock 118 and that would be tied to everything that's into that plus into QuickBooks and that was an aha moment for me most people would say that was very minute but you know little tidbits like that is what I picked up yeah I I I will say won't talk too much more about Builder Trend (laughs) but uh, (laughs) I will say the uh, the people that work here definitely believe in what we're doing I think it's it's people that work here are people that want to be uh, <laughs> builders and, and tradesmen and construction workers that don't have the trade skills uh, because right. that's like you're literally building a roof over people's homes. Like we talk about it all the time is like we kind of consider ourselves part of the construction community. Mm-hmm. We just can't yeah. swing hammers. Right. So yeah. it's if the, I could uh, do my if I could build <laughs> my own house. Man. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that <laughs> when he was talking. I'm like, oh, I wonder what. uh how much money do I have to blow to build a, <laughs> uh, a poorly built It'd home? Probably taking me more than ten months. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> the uh, well, you know, it's um, again. Uh, it, I think it's just a passion. If you know any individual, you know, has for anything they do, you know, you got to have that passion, and so that's kind of the, the gist of what I look at things. When the days get tough in your business, is it that spark that like makes get that pushes you through to the end? Is that do you think the difference between throwing your hands up and and deciding to to do it again the next day? Well, you know the funny thing is in our industry is we have, and this is what I tell tell you know my team, and when I say team, I mean subcontractors and everybody, you know. Most most of everybody has to deal with one particular task. With us, 
we've got to deal with maybe 15, 16, and I'm not, I, I probably said that way wrong, 15 to 16, meaning it's just overwhelming sometimes of how many times you're being pulled in different directions. Um, and then you're also faced with as being a builder or general contractor. That's what I kind of call myself now because I'm not actually doing, you know, hammering the nails. But you're also faced with almost being uh, a counselor, meaning that you've got, you've got the, the person or persons that you're building the most expensive thing they will ever purchase in their life. Right, and so you got a lot of raw emotions going into play. You got, uh, you got, uh, you know, you got different personalities, uh, and that is the part that I think too. Builders have to learn that uh, you got to learn. Everybody's got a different personality. Everybody's got a different thing that's going to key them to take them to a different level that that they really don't need to be in. You know, uh, and that's kind of the, where we juggle everything. And then is the funny thing is I had uh, a very good uh, lady that I've known for years that actually worked for a lighting company. And she's actually been offered a job and she took it to work with a custom builder. Uh, this female owns a company up in Lexington and she took she's working for her now. And she actually called me. And I, she said, can we talk? I said, what's wrong? And she goes, well, she's only been with him for, for the two weeks. And she goes, I had no clue what you all go through. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, you got to give it time. Right. You can't. There's no way you're going to learn everything you need to learn in two weeks. And so... I told her to call me every now and then so I could pull her off the ledge a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if it feels like stepping off a tilt to whirl, you're you're doing it right. That's the right yeah. Thing. Like when you yeah, jump into yeah. something new and you feel like dizzy at the end of the day from all the new information you learn, like you just got to keep doing that until <laughs> things stop spinning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> so you know, and you know, I'm up for any questions you all want to ask me. I know that we've been talking a lot about builder trend, but I know that probably people who are going to be listening to this probably want to, you know. Well, yeah. you have a long career. Uh, in answers from me <laughs> of how what the real world is. Yeah. Well, you've had a long career. Like there's, I mean, the the industry, the ups and downs it's been through in the last twenty years. Like, what do you think has been the biggest? challenge the one that you were like i don't know if i'm gonna come out on the other side and now where you're sitting now you look back and you're like oh yeah that wasn't that bad right <laughs> i did it well and that's what i'm struggling with as we speak i mean right now you know in the louisville market and outside areas that you know i build in you know we are faced with so much uncertainty right now i mean with interest rates kind of rising just a little bit, uh, you've got so many people that are so used to the interest rates being down in the twos and threes um, that, you know, they see these interest rates now. And the sad part of it is, you know, it's kind of taken a, a big chunk of people out of certain market because 
before they were able to qualify for this certain type of house, and now they're not. Um, so, yes, I mean, right now for me, as being a custom builder, uh, and I've said this quite a bit, you know, in our area alone, I can't speak outside of our area, but we are a dying breed. Um, you know, uh, the production companies are you know, which there's a lot of good ones out there. There's a lot of good ones in this area, but I always tell them when I'm in meetings with them, I said, Hey, you guys won't let us play on your all's ballpark anymore. I mean, we can't even get in, you know, why don't you all just put a little section out for us? Yeah. Because the problem with, with custom builders is we, we rely on word of mouth. We rely on the capabilities to build spec houses on, on lots that are available to us to buy. And so when you start putting in all these factors into play, not only that we're facing those dilemmas, but we're also facing, again, the economy and everything else that's, that's coming to play. Well, when you were here at Omaha, yeah. you talked a little bit about how you've been pivoting your business, um, maybe trying out some different projects like remodels. Um, have you found a good solution or like, are you looking at other ways to you know, make room for yourself in this new economic landscape? Well, definitely remodeling is huge right now. I mean, it's, it's again, it's taken on. And yes, um, I do do some remodeling. Uh, is it what I would call my uh, niche? No, it, it's not my niche. I love, I like to do it, but, you know, I think you've got different, you know niches and remodeling though is something though i feel like we we need to do we need to look at the pro process of saying hey you know things are changing in our environment all the time so yeah Courtney, i agree with you i mean we've done probably four or five big you know remodel jobs um so and i'm actually looking at doing one uh creating a, a bourbon room what they call mm, a speakeasy nice. room for <laughs> yeah. somebody. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at redoing uh, a kitchen area. So, yeah, um, you know, you're always kind of figure out what, what is, what's going on, what, where are people wanting to take advantage of what we are faced with right now. Yeah, homeowners and folks with a lot of equity in their homes seem to be able to be the ones to, to take advantage of that and do some projects now where some of those people who wanted to build a new home are having to, you know, put the brakes on those projects with the interest rates the way they are, it seems. Right. You know, the funny thing is I've been hearing, and I've actually talked to another builder today, um, and I don't know if you're all hearing throughout, uh, but we're also seeing a lot of people that's coming to certain areas that the house has been existing for a long time, but they love the area. So they're realistically, they'll try to utilize the foundation, but they might tear the whole house down and start right. from scratch. Yeah, I see that a lot in my area. That also? Yeah, I've I live in a more historic part of Omaha and there've been a quite a few, you know, people are trying to get into the neighborhood and if they can afford to <laughs> to move in. I've seen some houses just be completely raised and they start over from scratch. Um, right. which I I get the appeal. If you want to if you like if it's all about location, uh, but you still want to do a new yeah. build. I've seen that happen. So how, how do you, how do you all, Courtney, how do you feel about that when somebody takes a, an existing house and then 
create something maybe even modern in that particular area that it might not fit. Oh gosh, that's like you know it because the one in our neighborhood that they put up, it's just like a big brown square box, like <coughs> a super modern and like a more like nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties area with like Tudor yeah. homes and right. like white columns. And then yeah. we, I met my husband. I would drive by it all the time. We're like, ooh, what, what are they gonna do if they knock down? Like it was like a big maybe 60s ranch so it was a little more modern uh, uh-huh. the house that was there than the other big brick houses but we're like really it's just a big box like we kept waiting for it to get more extravagant but you know it's good for them uh it's not always good for you i guess <laughs> but you know what though that's that's the trend uh i was actually uh, fortunate enough to go to cincinnati and judge their what they call tour of homes Mm -hmm. and uh, basically it was a development right on the river and every one of those homes were basically four stories uh, garage at the bottom uh, maybe what they would call a a bedroom office Uh, every one of them had elevators in them because literally you went and they were all nothing but a square box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm actually starting to see that trend a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, you I know? was looking at uh, your website before we hopped on here, and that's definitely not not your vibe. Not your vibe. Mm-hmm. the The houses you have on here are, are incredible. I also love I the names it. of names of them all. Are those? Do you name them? Yeah, I'm I looking do. at your portfolio yes. thing here. Yeah, yeah, these are sweet. Um, the other thing that really stood out to me on your website was on your very like front page or landing page, you have actual customer reviews, which I feel like is uh, a little uncommon to like it's put brave. those out in front yeah. of in front of everyone. Um, talk to me a little bit about you know kind of the the especially building custom homes, kind of the client relationship um, and kind of the customer satisfaction that you seek to to that you strive for, and kind of how that back and forth goes. Well, I, I actually, when I started my company, I always wanted to be, you know, and I'll use the word concierge type builder, meaning that, you know, the clientele that I deal with, which I typically will probably, at the most, will do six homes a year. Uh, because with this service that I kind of implement with them is I try to return phone calls with a, within a time frame. Uh, maybe two or three hours, maybe less. If I'm, you know, if I'm not in a meeting, uh, I will take certain phone calls, you know, past business hours, uh, to answer questions that they might have for me that literally can make them lose sleep over you know, or worry about. Right. Um, I constantly try to keep track of, uh, their expenses and their budget. Uh, budget's huge for me, um, but if you ask me the question, does everybody, you know, on the budget-wise, uh, I have never had anybody stay in budget. Yeah. I mean, that's just a fact. And I tell people, Human I nature. say, you know, we'll do the best we can for you all, but you all are the ones basically controlling that. Right. Um, you know, with with the system I have in place, the change order comes in. Uh, I put it into the system. Uh, they actually sign off on it. I sign off on it. And I tell them at the very beginning, I said, okay, you know, you already know what your allowances are. This is what the product is. This is what you're over. I just want you to be aware of that. Right. And 
you know, I would say, you know, 85% of the time they're good with it. Sometimes it's just transparency and a clear expectation of what you're spending, what decisions you're making is what people need to feel good about that decision. It's when they get to the end and they're like, what? I had no idea. (laughs) And builder trend kind of, when you have a system that automatically like sends them their change order, they see it, they sign it, they acknowledge it. It takes away some of that awkwardness uh, that builders sometimes have to have at the end of the process. Yeah, which, you know, the funny thing is, if you don't have a system like that in place, you'd be surprised of how, how, how many times that happens with other individuals that will literally say five or six days before closing will present to their clients, hey, you know, here's $65,000 worth of change orders. <laughs> Um, or if they want to add you know, a pickleball court at the last minute, if you had to put any pickleball <laughs> courts in yeah. any homes, because we've been to seeing that and, trend. You know, it's just, a, it's a process, yeah. you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect at it. And I would say if anybody says they are, I don't know, I would have to see their system, but you're always going to have issues, uh, especially when it comes to the financial part of the, of the process. Uh, but I try my best to, make sure everybody knows where we are at that, at that time. Yeah. Right. And I, I, the comment you made about, you know, returning phone calls within a matter of hours is, is awesome. I know. Cause you're right. Like to, to you, it may just be a phone call you have to return, but to them, it could be something that they're not going to sleep about until they, they get an answer to. Um, I'm curious, is that, uh, you know, kind of like once the the final check passes and the final walkthrough is done, is that kind of the end of the relationship there? Or what's the the surveys that you have on your website, or do those come in after? Or what's kind of the handoff of, okay, we built this home, now what? So Terry, my wife, she takes care of all the social media and make sure that gets all in place. Uh, she does a great job with that. Uh, in regards to the 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 touch point after the, the project is done. You know, the funny thing about my personality and I'll probably get a bunch of some, uh, some, some general contractors or builders. I try and, and sometimes it's bad for me to do this, but that's just my personality. I try to build like a semi friendship with my clients. Right. Majority of my clients, they, they become my friends are not so much, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like I had a you know a good client of mine last year or that I built a house for. He actually called me up, you know, yesterday, and you know he had some he had death in his family, and he just wanted to share that with me. And so I think you know just because you build somebody their dream home, you know, and after it's all said and done, I think you know it's and I tell people the funny thing is. When we I sit down with everybody and I talk to them about the process, I said, you're going to laugh when I say this, but this is a marriage. We're going to get married. We're going to have our little differences. We're going to have our little bouts. And then in about nine to 10 months, I'm going to send you some divorce papers. <laughs> and then we're going to have the feelings of, oh my goodness, we, we talked to each other at least once a day. Right. And then all of a sudden that relationship's gone. 
And it's, it, it is a very weird feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I redid a, in my basement right before the pandemic. And I'll say, like, I spent every day with my contractor. And then even during the pandemic, we would FaceTime. She, like, got to know my dogs. Like, it, it was awesome. hard. I'm always just like, oh, now I need to figure out what part of my house <laughs> I'm going to redo yeah. next because I miss her so much. <laughs> <laughs> and do you still stay in contact with her, Courtney? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, See? like, we're Facebook friends. I can ask her, like, questions about, yeah. you know, <laughs> projects. And uh, it is, like, a really intimate, like, oddly intimate relationship to invite someone into your home and to into your, into your relationship, too. If you have a partner and you're building a home or doing yeah. a remodel project, like, your contractor gets a front row seat to <laughs> conflicts and, yeah. like... <laughs> You know your love languages. They they get to know your kids and your pets, and uh, you know it's yeah, it, it's really a amazing. very strange feeling. And I would say that well, there's a lot of us out there like that. I mean, like the last one I did last year. Um, you know, she, she was pregnant through the whole entire process, so we went through multiple changes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> personality wise. Um, but you know. At the end, you know, I went to see the baby, yes. you know, so she loves the house and, you know, it's just funny how you build those relationships up. Well, and it's also not something that, like, you know, you hope every contractor does that, but it's another thing, those relationships that sets, you know, the best apart from the rest. Well, yeah, I think that, uh, we are getting close to time here, but I think okay. kind of a good note to end on would be just what advice you have for other builders that are listening to this on how to create the best client experience. You know, multiple times through this interview, you'd mentioned, you know, the online, you know, homeowner portal, we, the upfront kind of relationship there, uh, all the reviews on your website, everything that you talk about, I can tell you have a passion, not just for building homes, but for building homes for people and forming those relationships. And in an industry where kind of word of mouth and referrals is so important, um, to, you know, incoming leads and things like that. I think that would be a topic that our, our listeners would be really, really interested in. So yeah, kind of final, final ask from you would be just what advice do you have and, and what can people do to ensure that they're creating the best experience possible? Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go to not so much the client. Let's, let's talk, let's talk to the builders and, and contractors out there for a little bit. So, I have a big, strong, uh, I want young builders when they come into this market. First thing I've then some of the things I learned that I wish I, if I had to do it over again, I encourage all builders that want to get into this business, take some business courses first, learn how to manage your money. You know, that's important. Second off is don't disregard not joining your local building association. Yep. yep. I mean, it's huge. The contacts that you'll get in that association and the people that you can relate to and get advice from, is going to be huge. Um, again, when I first got into this, I was not involved in the association, but once I got involved in it, it's just amazing the the like of people that will come and you can get advice from. Um, and then I guess thirdly is when it comes to your clients, always think about when conflict happens, kind of put yourself in their position, not to say they're always right, but also think to yourself, okay, you know what? 
I know what I'm talking about. Maybe I'm not, I'm not saying it the right way to them. Maybe I'm not relaying the information the way that I should relay it to. And so those are some of the things that, you know, I encourage people to always, you know, once they want to get into this business, uh, you know, that's what you need to do. I love it. I feel like that's nice. good advice, uh, not just for the construction business, but just life for all of us. in general. Yeah. So, uh, thank you very much, Tom. This was, uh, an awesome interview and, yeah, such uh, a pleasure. really appreciate you making the time to, to come on today. Well, I've enjoyed it. And again, anytime y'all need me to speak highly of your all's, uh, program, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I think you're all are the best. Thanks, Thank Tom. you very much, Tom. Yeah. You're the best. <laughs> you're the best. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Have a good day. Well, Courtney, we just wrapped up another fantastic interview with another fantastic guest, Tom Waller, Tom Waller Signature Homes. Great guy. I understand why you guys met him at BTU and wanted to have him on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, second meeting here. What were your thoughts? Well, Tom has a lot of really good advice. And I think no matter what type of builder you are, like Tom is a custom builder, but whether you're a remodeler, you're a specialty trade, maybe you're a sub working with a general contractor, he has a lot of good advice. Like, I love the advice to take business classes, mm -hmm. like know your money. There's so many, especially with our uh, advanced financial features, you learn that, oh, like, the money part really matters right. when you're running a business. Surprise, it matters surprise. very much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I've taken some business classes for my marketing stuff, and that's like one of the most valuable things I've done in my career. And then just his passion and his love yeah. for what he does, that is what keeps you going. Like, that's what keeps you from laying down flat on the floor and just yeah. being like, I'm I'm not going back tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think... Uh, as someone that is, I recently bought a home, uh, did not build, but the something that really connected with me was if you're looking for someone to build your home, you need to find someone like Tom. Yeah. Like there is, the home building process can be extremely stressful. And like oh, yeah. he said, it's the most money you'll ever spend on one thing in your life. Um, and having someone like Tom just makes it all infinitely easier. They're right. going to work with you. They're going to be straightforward with you. They're going to be upfront and transparent with you and it will make the entire experience infinitely better. It's deeply personal. And I thought it was so sweet that Tom had a, a customer who reached back out and was like, come meet my baby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like after, you've known me the whole, this whole time uh, and you have to meet the baby now. And that's not what you get from every builder. So when you're getting ready to remodel or build a house, uh, Search for a Tom. Search for a Tom. Hashtag search for a Tom. Put it on the t-shirts. This one's going viral. This one's going viral. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for another episode of The Building Code. If you could do us a huge favor, go out and like, review, and subscribe this episode uh, so that hopefully this will be a most listened to episode and we can replace Zach with Courtney full time. Uh, so please <laughs> well, go do that. At least the whole team that we, you know, list off all those names at the beginning of the episode, you know, they'll do a real life like happy dance when they see those likes and those reviews come in. So. Yeah. And leave a comment. Uh, maybe we can get some votes going. Hashtag bring back Zach or hashtag get rid of Zach. Uh, but either <laughs> way. So Tune in next week to figure out yeah. what the uh, if we let Zach come back consensus. To the podcast, yeah, yeah, if you're if you're on again, who knows? Uh, otherwise, until next time, I'm Charlie Burwissel. I'm Courtney Matern, and this is the Building Code. See ya. <laughs>